All right, the foyer is clearing out, so we're going to go ahead and get started this morning. We want to welcome you here and uh, promise that announcements will be short and that we can begin our time of worship together. Uh, Whether you have been coming to this church for 50 or 60 years or whether this is your first Sunday, we are glad and grateful you are here. We pray that the worship is encouraging and that you are challenged when you leave. Uh, On the back every week of our announcements that you get when you walk in, there's a a prayer and care list. Uh, I just want to share a couple of changes to that, updates to that, that uh, since this has been printed that have changed. Callie uh, Huff is actually home now, uh, so we're grateful for that. Uh, Bitsy Berryman has been moved to Health South in Tyler, room 104B, to uh, get more uh, intensive daily therapy. And then uh, one of our very frequent visitors, uh, Tanner and Jessica Rutledge, uh, Jessica is the daughter of Pat and Kelly Malone, we wanted to let you know that their toddler son, Jack, has been in Children's Medical Center the last few days. Um, he, has, he has been able to come home now, but he was diagnosed with epilepsy. And so we just want to uh, be praying for them to encourage them and um, understand that, that, that there's a, a long road ahead with that. Uh, Nita Kennedy is in UT Health Room 6826. She was admitted this past Wednesday night and is being treated for C. diff and other complications to that. Um, the only thing I, just as a person who did it for many, many years, that I want to reiterate since this is the one-week uh, countdown is next Sunday night is Trunk or Treat. You've been hearing about it. Uh, you're probably annoyed with the announcements by now. I know Gary Abels is always excited to hear announcements. And so I just wanted to reiterate this one just for him, because, but it is, it's, an, it's an awesome opportunity to encourage our children to be there for each other uh, and to spend time together. So four to seven next Sunday night here uh, in our Family Life Center parking lot. And actually, we've had enough people sign up. We're probably going to be using the parking lot behind the Family Life Center. Uh, for, am I right, Tucker, in that? Is that okay? So we're going to be setting up our trunk. So 30 minutes before 4 o'clock, if you can get here, set your trunk up. And then we're going to have our chili cook-off that night as well. Uh, once the trunks have run out of candy and we've all been taken over by children. And so we'll go into the Family Life Center where there will be inflatables. Uh, be, so, again, just as we said before, whether it's your first time here or your 60th year here, you feel like you do have kids or you don't have kids that are that age, come anyway. Come, come help with the trunk that's being set up. Come set up your own. Come be a part of what we're doing. This is a great opportunity. Uh, we've been marketing it to uh, every elementary school in Tyler. So 17 elementary schools in Tyler know about what's going on here uh, at West Irwin next Sunday night. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that, uh, as, even just as an outreach to our community. I want to ask that you stand with me uh, as we begin our time in prayer. And then uh, Kelly opens us up in worship. Heavenly Father God, we are grateful for the opportunity to be present together today. We are in awe of what you continue to do in the lives of your people. And we are grateful to be counted among them. Lord, we ask for your guidance and for the spirit to move in our lives, to direct our thoughts and our actions. And God, that our hearts turn towards those around us whether they be in this room today or in our jobs or in our schools tomorrow. God, help us to have a heart for people who do not know you and a desire to share our knowledge of that and our lives with them. We are grateful for this opportunity to worship you in this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hallelujah, praise Jehovah from the heavens, praise his name, praise Jehovah in the highest, all his angels praise proclaim, all his hosts together praise him, sun and moon and stars on high, praise the holy hand. Oh
For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order, that you may know the hope into which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable was this? Oh yeah, incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only into the present age, but also into one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is this body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Would you bow with me and let's pray. Dear God, we come before you this morning recognizing you as the creator of everything. We humbly submit to you that we are your people, that we wish to do your will and that we We fail in that a lot, and we pray for forgiveness for that. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for Bitsy Berryman as she recovers from her stroke. Pray for Callie Huff as well, who's had such a tough life as such a a young girl. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for strength for them, both of them and those that are helping them. We pray for all the others that are on our prayer and care list, dear Heavenly Father, that you will help strengthen them and help us be pressed into contacting them and encouraging them to try to uplift their spirits as they've had difficulties with their health in this life. Dear Father, we we live in a country that has changed. We see that your your word is under attack. Your people are under attack. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, to always defend your word and to know what your word is. Let us ask ourselves, 
How many hours a week do we spend on social media versus how many hours a week do we spend in your word? This country was found on Christian principles, dear God, and pilgrims risked their life over 400 years ago to come to this country for the freedom of religion, not the freedom from religion. Dear God, we see people who call upon your name under attack, those who go to school board meetings to protest satanic teachings labeled as domestic terrorists, those who peacefully protest at abortion clinics being arrested while those who burn cities are never prosecuted. We see government working with private enterprise to quell the freedom of speech in our country. We see the writing on the wall because they're coming for us too. Dear God, we must be united. The family is under attack. Your church is under attack. And we must unite with each other. We must recognize evil for what it is. And it must create a resolve in us to stand in your word. To reach out across the aisle of this church and unite with other Christians. And to reach out across our community and unite with others who call upon your name. Even if we don't agree on everything, we need to find commonality in Christ Jesus. Because to modify the poem written by Martin Neumuller, who was arrested, a Lutheran pastor in Nazi Germany, to modify his words when they came for the Catholics, we at the Church of Christ said nothing because we were not Catholic. When they came for the Pentecostals, we at the Church of Christ said nothing because we were not Pentecostal. When they came for the Baptists, we at the Church of Christ said nothing because we are not Baptists. And when they came for us, there was no one left to speak on our behalf. Dear Heavenly Father, let's find commonality amongst all Christians. They may be able to come and take some of us away, but they can't take all of us away. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we will always proclaim your gospel boldly from this pulpit, your word exactly as you have written it, and not watered down but the reality of your word, even if we have threats of persecution. We've been silent long enough.
it is time for us to be bold and defend your word, no matter what the consequences are. Paul was in prison many times for that. We need to follow his example. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we will be pressed to diligently work for your kingdom here in this world, both here in this church and in the workplace and in the school, and not be boastful other than Christ died first of all, shed his blood for our sins. That is what we should always be boastful of. Never hiding behind our Christianity, but boldly proclaiming it. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we do fail you often, and for that we are truly sorry, and we pray for your forgiveness, and we know that we have forgiveness, and that you're preparing a place for us after this life in heaven that's indescribable by words, and we look forward to that time where there will be peace, where there will not be hunger, where there will not be pain and suffering and sickness. But until then, dear God, we know what our job is here on this earth, and that is to boldly proclaim your word. May we do that, both in truth and in love, but we have to be vocal in order for the world to hear us. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, that this service today as we worship you will be a sweet aroma to you and that will all will be done in accordance to your will. That we will sing loudly, that we will study your word and listen to the message that Bill provides and may it change our lives each day going forward. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In preparation for the Lord's Supper today, I ask that you remember that cruel day where he died for us. And as we sing this song, that we listen to the words that it truly says. On bended knee I come, with humble heart I come, bowing down before your holy throne. On bended knee I come, with a
Good morning. I will be reading Ephesians three fourteen through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know the love, this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I have a story I want to share with you that I read not too long ago. It was about a grandmother whose grandson would come over and they lived out in the country. One day the grandmother went into the kitchen. She asked the grandson, said, I want you to come look at this with me. So they went to the kitchen. They had three pots of boiling water on the stove. So grandmother in one pot, she placed an egg. The next pot, she, pot, she placed a potato. And the third pot, she placed coffee beans. So they sat and they talked a little while. The grandmother came back and said, now I want you to look at this with me. So they took the first the pot, took the egg out, cracked it. And what used to be a runny, soft egg was now hard. Went to the second pot with a potato. Same hot water, but what was once a hard potato is now soft. Went to the third pot, and he could smell the aroma. He could smell the coffee. They looked in the coffee pot, had the coffee beans in there. The coffee beans had not been changed, but the pot and the water had. Everything else had been changed around that. We come to a time in communion here where we're sitting at the table of uh, this Lord's Supper where we honor and remember what Christ did for us, where we remember the life that he led. He wasn't changed by the world, but he changed he transformed everything that was around him. And in doing so, we have an opportunity to take of this Lord's Supper. Let's think about that as we are in the same water, the same temptations that Christ had. What does our life portray? Do we transform or are we transformed? Let's pray. Father, we truly are grateful that you came to this earth, that you walked amongst us, that you were tempted by the same things that we're tempted by. You faced the same sins that we face. But, Father, you were perfect. You were without blemish. Father, the... You weren't changed by those things, but you changed the world. And, Father, as we remember that, as we remember what you did for us, remember the sacrifice that you made. Specifically now, Father, we remember the body that hung on that cross. And, uh, Father, we're grateful for that. We're grateful that you were willing to, to hang on that cross, to be beaten, uh, to be uh, hung on a cruel wooden cross and uh, mocked, uh, and to be stabbed in the side, Father, uh, and to bleed for us. But, Father, that body that, that took on our sins that was perfect. And Father, we're grateful for that. And Father, I pray that as we partake of this bread, which represents that body, we'll remember all those things that you did for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray again. Father, we're all so mindful of the blood that was shed for us on that cruel cross, the blood that does transform and that cleanses us and transforms our lives and everything around us, that transformed our world. Father, as we partake of this fruit of the vine, which represents that blood, I pray that we do so in a manner that pleases you, that we can remember and be thankful for that you gave your life and gave that blood freely for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's take time now to give thanks. Father, we truly are grateful for all you've blessed us with. We know that we live in a blessed nation. We're a blessed people. We live in a blessed city. And Father, this congregation here is well blessed. And Father, we're grateful for those things. Father, I pray that we look at our hearts and what you've given to us and that we will give back joyfully. Father, that we'll give back to the works of this church and the works of our community that we can further your kingdom. Father, I pray that uh, the funds that are given will be uh, spread throughout our community and that will spread your gospel. Father, continue to bless us, continue to provide for us, but help us to be content with what we have. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. time for our kids' time, our blast. For those of you who would uh, please be joining me as well for the singing of our song before the lesson, and we're going to invite those young people to go. Please also pass your cards to the inside aisle for uh, everyone to be able to get those, uh, these young men that are coming around to get those. So please be standing for we sing our next song.
Ephesians 6, 18-20, and praying the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Grateful to have Carter and Jude and Jackson sharing from our readings from the book of Ephesians as we continue this series, Blessed to Bless. Today we focus on prayer, as you can see, and those scriptures are all found in the book of Ephesians and all include Paul's prayers or calls for people to pray for Paul as Jackson just read. We have a lot of wonderful activities that we can pray for as a part of this church family. And Eric shared uh, much about that at the beginning, and I certainly amen all of that. We look forward to our wonderful trunk or treat coming next uh, Sunday afternoon and evening. I know that will be a big, big fun deal. We have other things that are going on. Uh, We have our ongoing Bible classes and activities. This evening, I'll be leading a class on the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you've had questions about the things that went on during those 400 years where we don't have Scripture, but we have a lot of history, that's what we're going to be talking about this evening at 5 o'clock across the parking lot in our office complex. We'll also have a singing class at that time. Our youth and youth families will be at uh, Kelly and Jeannie's house for a devotional tonight. And so there's all of that going on. Uh, On Sunday night, in a couple of weeks, on November the 6th, we're going to have 
uh, an area-wide singing night here. We've had a singing night before. We had one on, on tap for that night, and someone in our leadership meeting said, why don't we invite the other area churches to come and be a part of that? So that's what we're doing. I've already sent out some emails. We're going to be sending out letters this week, so I hope that you plan on that and take part in that. And of course, uh, coming up next year, we have our a cappella concert. We're going to have a praise and worship weekend workshop uh, with a cappella later on in the year in August. And in addition to all of our wonderful ongoing activities, every single day there are things being done in the name of the Lord by uh, this church family. And so I encourage you to be a part of, of as many of those things uh, as you possibly can. And one way that you can be involved in them is to be prayerful, to be praying for them. In our uh, bulletin this morning on our app, in our West Irwin Wire email, uh, notes that you might get throughout the week, you, you see prayer concerns. And Wade prayed over some of those this morning. Uh, you see activities and events and different things that we're doing uh, that you can pray about, that they will have an impact on the people that they need to be impacted by these events. And that's why we do them, to share the love and word of Christ. Uh, reading Scripture is God talking to me. Prayer is me talking to God. When I read the Bible, that's God's Word to me. But when I pray, that's me reaching out to God and talking to my Creator and my Savior. One of the most incredible realities that we have is I talk to God. Can you imagine? I talk to God. We can actually speak to the God of all creation, the eternal creator, uh, the Lord, the master, the ruler of the universe, the one who was from eternity and will be for eternity. I talk to God. The Apostle Paul has three great prayers in the book of Ephesians, three great passages centering on prayer, offering up prayer to God, offering up uh, requests for prayer, offering up encouragement as we speak to our Lord and Creator and Savior. Uh, our young men have read those this morning as a part of our worship. And so I want us to share a few things about prayer today. And then I want us to spend a little bit of time praying at the end of the sermon. First of all, when you pray, use your head. <laughs> when you pray, use your head. You've probably heard me said, say many times, just because you're a Christian, that doesn't mean you check your brain at the door. <laughs> We're not asked to not think, to not study, to not uh, be concerned about things, to be willing to use our heads even in prayer is a part of our call. When you pray, use your head. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 is a scripture that we'll mention a couple of times today. Uh, one of them, a part of that, it says, I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding. When we pray, we pray with our head. We use our brain. We use our minds. We use our understanding. And this is the part of what Kelly was talking about around the table, where we are, we are being transformed by God so that we can be a transforming presence in our world. 
And so we pray for that to happen. Rather than being influenced and transformed by the world, we are influencing and transforming the world through the power of God. And that power comes through prayer. That power comes through Jesus Christ. And so when we pray, we try to renew our minds, as Scripture says. We are transforming ourselves, and that is a mental activity. I like this quote from Shakespeare's Hamlet, My words fly up, my thoughts remain below. Words without thoughts never to heaven go. Now let me give a disclaimer here. I don't know a lot of Shakespeare. I don't read it. I don't remember it from school days. This may be the only quote that I remember other than Romeo, Romeo, what? See, none of you are Shakespeare experts either. Okay, maybe a few of you are, but you remember that line, right? Well, I remember this line. My words fly up. My thoughts remain below. Words without thoughts never to heaven go. Written by the king in the Shakespeare play Hamlet after a prayer, realizing that His mind wasn't in it. Even as he prayed, he thought about something else. I understand that we have human limitations, but when we pray, let's use our heads. Let's use our brain. Let's connect with God mentally and think about what we're doing and how we're doing it. You've heard me mention before the ACTS outline for prayer, A-C-T-S. Do you remember what that stands for? The A is what? Adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and S is supplication. Many times in our prayers we start with supplication, right? That's where we're asking God for stuff. And, And rightly so. We've done that this morning. We've asked God to be with those that need Him in a in a especially great way right now. We've asked Him to heal those who are hurting. We've asked Him to be with those that we're concerned about ourselves. And that's okay. But it's good not to start there every time. I realize there are some times in our lives where the the need is so immediate, so urgent, so significant, that that's all we can think about. So by all means, pray that. Absolutely. But if in our prayer life, all we're doing is asking God for stuff every single time and that's it, then we might want to rethink that. Over a period of time, hopefully you can see yourself learning to be disciplined in your prayers. That's a mind thing. That's a brain thing. And so beginning your prayer with adoration, with praise to God, just simply because of who God is, that He is worthy of our praise and adoration. Acknowledging that we are sinners, confessing that. And we have no right to talk to God, and yet I talk to God in prayer And so that leads us to being thankful, thankful for the opportunity to pray, thankful for all those blessings that God showers upon us, none of which we deserve, and yet He continues to bring them. And then, yes, absolutely, pray about those needs that we have in our lives and in the lives of those that we love. As Carter read from that passage in Ephesians chapter 1, it was filled with praise and adoration of God. His incomparable power that's in us who believe. 
praising our great and wonderful God. On bended knee we come. And maybe not in a physical way, although it's certainly fine to do. But it's an act of humility. It's an act of confession. It's an act of praise of the one that is far greater than I. When you pray, use your head. Secondly, when you pray, use your feet. When you pray, use your feet. I saw this in a quote from Tony Dungy in his devotional book, The One-Year Uncommon Life Daily Challenge that I read from. And just recently he had this statement, The next time you think you might just sit back and rely on the Lord to find others to pick up the slack from your idleness, remember this African proverb, When you pray, use your feet. At times, we in the church get criticized for uh, telling people our thoughts and prayers are with you. And that's a good thing, a powerful thing. This whole sermon is about doing that exact thing. Having our thoughts and prayers be with someone who is going through something of difficulty. But if that's where it ends, then we're not praying with our feet. Our shepherd, Wade Weathers, called on us during the shepherd's prayer time to pray with our feet. To pray for God to bless our communities and our nation and our church. But also to be willing to be a voice that actually helps to bring those things about. That we want God to do in this world. We pray that he would do it. Okay, how is he going to do that? (laughs) Well, he's going to do that through us. His church, his people. And so I realize we're not called to do everything, but we are called to do some things. And we are all called to prayer, certainly so. And so find those things that you can do and take part. Pray with your feet. Be willing to go and help yourself. Not just pray that someone in need will find help. It's wonderful to pray that those who are depressed and discouraged and have been at home for so long or at home for so long now and are and are worried about so many things in their lives right now, it's, it's a great thing for us to pray that God would bring them comfort and, and encouragement. How do we think he's going to do that? <laughs> he's going to do that by you picking up one of those cards in the back of the pew in front of you, just like the Apostle Paul said, and fill that thing out and send a note of encouragement to someone. Or give them a call or send them a text Something where you see somebody or you think of someone that is really in need of of encouragement right now. You pray that they will be encouraged and then you do something to encourage them. Something real. Something concrete. And we do that in all kinds of different ways. When you pray, use your feet. In essence, that's what James, the half-brother of the Lord, said. In James chapter 1 and chapter 2, considering Scripture, he said, don't just read this word and leave it there. Do what it says. If we don't do what the word says, if we're not trying to accomplish the things that we're praying for, James says it's like going and looking in a mirror and seeing everything all messed up and walking away and not doing a thing to change it. That's not what God's word is to be about. That's not what our prayer lives are to be about. When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. 
James said that faith without works is dead. And so he calls on us to have a faith that is active. And I believe our prayer lives need to be active as well. We need to be centered on asking God to accomplish his great will in our church, in our families, in ourselves, in our nation, in our world. And then we get up from our knees and we say, okay, God, what, what can I do to, to help accomplish this? Maybe it's something little, maybe it's something big. Maybe it's just being devoted in prayer. But whatever it is, do that. When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. And thirdly, when you pray, use your heart. Listen to our hearts, that prayer song said. Listen to our hearts. When you pray, use your heart. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding. We pray with our minds, but we also pray with our hearts. We pray from our hearts to the heart of God. And sometimes, again, that the words don't come. We're, we're, we find it so urgent, so challenging, so threatening. That we try to talk to God and the words just don't come. And that's, and that's where these great comforting words from Romans chapter 8 help us. Where Paul says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself inside of us prays with groanings that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. That is praying with your heart. Praying in such a, a heartfelt way that human words are, seem like they just can't communicate what's, what is in our hearts at that moment. And during those moments, we know that the Holy Spirit that's within us, that lives within us, communicates those thoughts and those words and those emotions through the Spirit of God to the very throne of God. And He hears our prayers. Think of some of those in the Bible that had heartfelt prayers like that. I think of Hannah in the Old Testament as she poured out her heart to God to give her a child. And Samuel was later born. I think of David, King David, as he poured out his heart in repentance in Psalm 51. Josiah, when he found the book of the law, <laughs> how can the people of God in the, the go living in Jerusalem with the temple still there that Solomon built and not have the book of the law and not even know where it is? But when they found it, King Josiah prayed with all of his heart a prayer of repentance and he had all the people do that as well. And then they got up and they did what that law said. I think of Ezra and the exiles. I think of Nehemiah praying before he goes and talks to his king for permission to go back to his homeland and rebuild the walls. I think of the early church gathered at uh, the home of John Mark in Acts chapter 12. Having seen King Herod arrest James, the apostle James, the brother of John, and kill him. And now he has arrested Simon Peter. And Acts 12 tells us the church gathered together to pray. That was a heart 
heartfelt prayer. Thankfully, Peter was miraculously released. I see the Apostle Paul praying as Saul of Tarsus for three days and three nights, having seen the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus. Nobody had to tell him, hey, Saul, put your heart into it, would you? (laughs) He knew exactly where he stood with God, and he poured his heart out to God. Later on, he would pray that that thorn in the flesh would be removed, which it wasn't, but God gave him his strength and his power instead. And I think of our Lord Jesus. So many times he prayed all night long. Sometimes it says he got up very early in the morning to pray, and we all know about that scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, hours before he was to be killed on the cross, praying with all of his heart. If it's possible, Father, find another way to do this. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I want, but your will be done. And what about us, those prayers that come from our heart in such a strong, important way? When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. And when you pray, use your heart. I think the, and you've heard me say this, the strongest commandment in Scripture To get us to pray is the simple fact, two words, Jesus prayed. If the Son of God felt it was so important to pray to the Father, how can I not be a person of prayer? When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. When you pray, use your heart. This incredible statement, I talk to God, is followed by this equally incredible statement, and he hears my prayers. I talk to God, and the creator of the universe hears my prayers. And he is able to do more than I could ever dream. Jude read that passage in Ephesians chapter 3. He not only hears our prayers, but he is able To act in ways that we couldn't begin to understand, think, or imagine. I think it would be unfaithful to preach a sermon on prayer and not pray. So let's close with prayer. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor because you alone are worthy. You alone are God. You are the creator, the sustainer. You are holy in all that you do. You are just when you judge. And Father, as we come before you, we confess our sins and our sinfulness that in the eyes of a holy God, we are only worthy of death. And yet, Father, we give you thanks because you have made a way for us to be forgiven at great cost, the life of your Son. Father, we're so grateful, we're so ashamed, but we're so thankful. And we're thankful, Father, for all the other many, many ways that you bless us as individuals, as families, as a church, as a community, as a nation. The ways you've blessed this world, Father, we praise you, and we're so thankful. Father, there are so many that we want to pray for today. Some we've already prayed for, some are coming from hearts that are communicating to you through your spirit that's in them and is being taken to your throne by your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you would hear our prayers 
that you would heal those who are suffering and hurting and that you would be a comfort to those who are worried for them and that you would be a presence, Father, in the lives of those who are going through such great difficulties that this life can throw at us. Some things that we bring on ourselves because of our own sinfulness. Some things, Father, that others cause because of their sinfulness. Some things, Father, that are just a part of the way of this world. And yet, Father, all of them are difficult, and we seek your blessing and your guidance, your presence, and your healing. Father, we've heard your word tell us today that we are to pray for those who are our leaders. Paul seeks prayer for him, and so, Father, we do that today, and we pray for this church, and we pray for our leaders, Father. We pray for our shepherds, and we ask that you would bless them, bless Jay and Debbie and their wonderful family, their children and grandchildren. Bless Ken and Kathy, their children and grandchildren, especially Father, be with Ken's father and Kathy's mother and the special needs that they have. And we're grateful for them, Father, and for their family. Father, we pray that you would be with David and Sharon and with uh, Sydney here and Bailey at Harding, and we ask, Father, your blessings to be upon them and upon Sharon's mother. And Father, we, uh, we pray for Grant and Leanne. We ask a special prayer for them and for their children, for their grandchildren. We ask your blessing and your presence. And Father, we're thankful. Father, we pray for uh, Galen and Margie and for Margie as she continues to uh, heal and we ask, Father, that you would bless them and their wonderful, wonderful family for all of the incredible good works that they do for us as a church and for so many others uh, in this community. Father, we pray for Wade and Diane, and we're so thankful for them and for their wonderful family. We pray that you would bless their children and their grandchildren. Father, we, we're thankful for our wonderful Wanda, and for all of their family that have meant so much to this church for decades and continue to be such an important part of your work here. Father, bless them and the needs of their children and grandchildren, we ask, Father, for uh, your blessing and upon all of, their, all of their wonderful, wonderful family. Father, we pray for David and Jenny. We pray a special prayer for David as he continues to heal for their children and grandchildren and for their family, we pray a special prayer, Father, for little Eli and the surgery and other treatments that he will have for years to come. We just ask, Father, that you would bless them. Bless these men, Father, as they serve as our elders, our overseers, our shepherds. Help them, Father, to be in the lives of our people here, the flock, the sheep. Help them, Father, in the decisions they make and the prayers that they offer. And Father, we just ask that you would bless them and those that are working with them and their families that sacrifice so much for us. Um, we're so grateful. Father, we pray that you would be with our ministers and our staff. We pray uh, that you would be with Davy and Sonia, and we love them so much, and we're so thankful for them. Bless them, Father, and their families. Bless their children and their grandchildren, especially, Father, we pray for little Brooks, and we're, we praise you for the amazing story. Uh, that he will have and that they have uh, throughout his life. And we pray that that would be a long and, and wonderful life in your service. And we know because we know his family. 
that that's what will happen. Father, we pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would bless Donnie and Tommy and what a wonderful gift they and their family are to this church. We pray a special prayer for Jean and for Gwen as Jean continues to heal. And Father, for all of their family, we just love them so much. The Chandlers and the Cooks mean everything to this church and have for such a long, long time. And Donnie has done such an amazing thing and continues to do so, leading our children's ministry. We pray that you would bless her. Father, we're so thankful for Tucker and Elizabeth. We've loved them since the moment we met them. You brought them here, and you brought them to our youth and to our families and to our church, and we pray that you would continue to bless their good work here and those that they love. Father, we pray for Eric and for Wes and Cade. Lord, we're just thankful that you brought them home, and we're grateful that they're here, that they're a part of our church, but that they're a part of our staff and our team of church leaders. Bless him, Father, in the important work that he is just beginning to do to connect us with each other, to help us to reach out to each other and to reach out to those around us with your love and with your word. We ask, Father, that you would bless them. And Father, I pray for Joyce and me and for those burdens that, uh, that we carry and for the great joy and the great life, Father, and the great call to ministry. Uh, that you have given us here in this wonderful, wonderful place. Father, we pray that you would bless us. We pray, Father, for the rest of our staff, for, for Sharon and for Francis, for Odie and for Cal, for the families that they have and the needs that they have and the great work that they do. Father, we pray for our deacons and their wives and for their families, for our other ministry leaders. For all, Father, who have a hand in leading us as we seek to serve you and as we seek to serve this community and this world in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we are, we are such a blessed, blessed church. And we're so very thankful, Father, for all the gifts and the blessings that you've given us. And we know, Father, that the reason you've given those things to us is because you want us to share them with this community and with this nation and with this world. And so we ask, Father, that you would empower us to do exactly that. Help us, Father, to tie into that inexpressible power that is in us who believe. Father, help us as a church family that we will always remember how, how wide and, and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. Help us, Father, to know that you can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so, Father, we pray for the big things. We pray for the little things. We pray for the big things for our nation during this election season. And we know, Father, that whoever is in power, that you will empower us to be your witnesses in this community and in this land. We pray, Father, around the world for those who are suffering because of the name of Christ. And even in this country, and Father, we pray for your blessing and your will to be done, and we pray for your power and your love to be seen. Father, as the West Irwin Church family, we ask, Father, that you would open our eyes. We want to see Jesus. And Father, we pray today that you would open our lives because we want others to see Jesus through us. And Father, we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
This morning, if you want to be close to the one who gave everything for you, we would love to help you do that. Come as we stand and sing this prayer together. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch Him, and say that we
Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come here today and to be with our church family and hear the lesson that Bill has taught us today. Lord, we are so thankful for Bill and his family, and we pray for everybody else on the prayer and care list and that we go out and apply Bill's lesson today. In these things we pray. Amen.